Good morning. We're reading this morning from Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As I pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those who, whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And this is God's word. Well, this morning we are starting a new short Christmas series uh, leading up to Christmas Day on the 25th, uh, and it's called God is With Us. And I want to start by acknowledging um, Life Church, a, uh, an American-based church that makes wonderful resources available to churches and pastors. And so the idea from this series comes from Life Church, as does the artwork and, and the, the outlines of the talks. Uh, so I'm very grateful for them and, and look forward to sharing with you um, what, what I can sort of tailor to work for our particular context. One of the reasons why this particularly appealed to me um, was because I know that there are many in our church who are going through difficult situations. Um, and this series particularly considers what does it mean for God to be with us through the valleys, through the wilderness times and through the storms of life. You see, at Christmas time, we celebrate this wonderful truth that Christ became, uh, that Christ came to earth um, and was born of a Virgin Mary and his name, the name given to him as prophesied by the prophet Isaiah was um, Emmanuel, God with us. And at Christmas time we celebrate this wonderful truth that God is with us. And as Christians, it's very easy for us, as I mentioned, we're going to look at God with us in these different kind of contexts, these different situations in life. Today we're looking at Psalm 84, God with us in the valleys. Uh, next week we'll take a look at the story of Elijah in the wilderness and how he met God in that place. And then we're going to look at a storm that Paul the Apostle finds himself in and how he encountered God in that space. 
And then on Christmas Day, we'll consider what it means for God to be with us through all of life's ups and downs. You know, as followers of Christ, it's easy for us, isn't it, when things are going well, when we're experiencing those mountaintop kind of experiences with God and with life, when our relationships are strong and flourishing and free of conflict, when we're experiencing good health, uh, when our finances are in order, when things are going well for us, it's easy as followers of Christ, isn't it, to know and to feel a sense of God being with us. But it's more difficult and more challenging through the valleys of life to know the ever-present presence of a God with us, isn't it? And so that's what we want to consider and talk about. It's interesting that when you look at the scriptures and when you look at references to valleys, whether they are metaphoric valleys or physical valleys, it often has to do with a battle taking place, a battle taking place. And so one of the, one of the things that we think about when we think about a valley is a battle that we may be experiencing. Maybe you're personally experiencing some form of a battle. You may be actually in conflict with another person, maybe with a, an institution, I don't know. Um, and, and these battles can be very difficult times. Of course, we also experience spiritual warfare. Maybe you're very aware of a spiritual battle that you're engaged in. As followers of Christ, we're all, all the time, engaged in spiritual warfare. But there are certainly times in life when we do feel as though we've come under attack. Maybe you find yourself in a battle in the valley. Uh, valleys can also be times of loneliness. So, for example, I think of Jesus going out into the desert for those 40 days. Or you think about the Israelites in exile as they journey through the wilderness or the valley. It is a place of loneliness and it can be a place of desperation. But when we read through the scriptures about valleys, we also see them as being times of growing. Because during these times, our faith is put to the test. And it's only when our faith is put to the test that it is exercised and it can be strengthened. So during the valley times, we can learn to grow in our faith as our trust deepens in Christ. Our experience of God is very different in the valley to what it is on the mountaintop. And we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. Now, I'm sure there are many people here this morning who could affirm that has been true of their experience. That yes, when things are going well, we give thanks to God. Uh, but we can very easily become self-reliant during those times when everything's going well, can't we? But when we get to the end of our rope or the end of the line, or we find ourselves in a really desperate or lonely place, that's when we can press into God and develop a new intimate dependence upon Him. So we're looking at Psalm 84 this morning. It was a psalm written by the sons of Korah, and it's a pilgrimage psalm. It is a psalm that the ancient Jews would sing on their journey towards Jerusalem where they would celebrate one of the festivals. And it is an absolutely 
beautiful psalm. I have enjoyed so much sitting with this psalm during the week and reflecting on it and learning about it. And we're not going to look at the whole psalm in, in its entirety. We're particularly going to look at the aspect of the journey within the psalm. The psalmist begins by thinking about what it will be like to be in the temple, to be in God's presence, experiencing the beauty and the holiness of God. And then the third part or the end of the psalm, in a sense, the psalmist is in that place, reflecting on how wonderful and majestic it is. And the middle section of the psalm, verses 5 to 7, are in a sense about that journey to the temple, to the presence of God. Now, for those of us today who are followers of Jesus, the temple is now within our hearts. You see, we don't have to go to a certain place to experience or encounter the goodness of God. Jesus now resides in our hearts. And so the journey that we take as Christians is a journey of the heart. It's not a physical journey per se, It's a spiritual journey that we take to slow down and to be with the Lord in his presence. Isn't it easy for us to go about our lives and the busyness of our lives and not pay attention to what's happening in our hearts, to what's happening in our spirit, in our soul? You know, we understand that when we accept Christ, he comes to dwell and live within us. But there's a sense that we need to actually slow down and engage with our own personal spirit, with the spirit of God that dwells within us. So that's the journey, if you like, that we take. But this psalm was actually written and sung by the ancient Jews or Israelites as they physically journeyed towards Jerusalem, where they would enjoy the presence of God in the temple. So here's that middle section. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. As they pass through the valley of Baca. Now I know for me that if I was just sitting down having a quiet time, reading this psalm, I would pass right over that reference and I'd probably pass over a lot of these verses. They, they either wouldn't make a lot of sense to me or it just wouldn't connect. But when we slow down and really try and uncover the meaning of some of these words or phrases, it can really help us unpack what's actually going on. So what is the valley of Barca? Well, it's most likely related to a tree, a balsam type of tree, which has a very similar uh, Hebraic spelling, and it means to weep. And in fact, here is a picture of the very tree. You can see it's being pierced and, and, and sort of sap is oozing out of this tree. And the valley of Barker was a, a valley where a lot of these, what they were called weeping trees, existed. It was a place 
of tears, if you will. In fact, a number of different translations translate the valley of Barker as the valley of weeping or the valley of tears, the valley of loss. One translation says the dry valley. It's like a barren place of the soul. So in a sense, there's a journey taking place through a valley and symbolically, it is a valley of tears. Now, verse 5 starts out saying, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Other translations say, Happy are those. What joy do those experience whose strength is in you? And we have to pause for a moment and consider where our strength lies. Because if we don't have God in our lives, then when we get to the end of ourselves and we get to the end of whatever inner resources or even outer resources we have, that's it, we're at the end. (laughs) But the wonderful thing for followers of Christ is that when we get to the end of ourselves we still have a resource because our strength does not come from ourselves. Our strength is actually found in God. Our strength is found in Christ as Christians. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. It doesn't say, blessed are those who go it alone. You know, we live in a world, don't we, that champions independence. And for many of us, we find it so hard at times in our lives when we need to, to learn to depend on others, to receive help. We very much want to remain in control. We very much want to ensure that we have it all together. But the text doesn't say, blessed are those who have it all together or blessed are those who can make it on their own. No, blessed are those who learn to depend on God. We were created to depend on our maker and our creator. Blessed are those who know that they don't have enough strength in themselves, but that their God will provide, that their God will journey with them through the valleys of life. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And this was certainly the experience of the Apostle Paul when he wrote um, about his Christ's power being made perfect in his weakness. And in fact, it is during those times when we find ourselves at the end of ourselves that there is an opportunity for us to experience a new intimacy, a new level of dependence on the Lord and draw upon his strength so that his strength and his power can be made perfect in our weakness. I love the New Living Translation of verse 5 where it says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. I actually find this very helpful 
as a Christian, and by that I mean a New Testament believer, because the psalm that we're looking at, this ancient text, was written from the perspective and to a people who'd not yet experienced Christ. And so when the, when the, the text talks about going on a journey and a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, well, it's actually referring to a physical journey that they took. Whereas for us as believers, as I mentioned earlier, we don't go on a physical journey. Yes, we do come, if you like, to journey to worship together corporately, and that's wonderful. But that's not what this text is referring to, to experience God. We no longer as Christians need to go to a certain place. But I love this idea of setting one's mind on that journey. My mind is set You see, we can be in all kinds of difficult circumstances externally, but our minds can be set on God and on journeying closer and closer toward Him. Interesting, another thing I learned this week, that Jerusalem actually means city of refuge. Many of you will be familiar with the word shalom. Um, The final words of Jerusalem are the same in Hebrew as shalom. And it's referred to as a a place of peace or a city of refuge. And so if you think in your mind of a group of people going through a place known as the Valley of Tears to a place of peace, it's a really interesting kind of idea that to get to the place of peace, oftentimes we have to journey through the Valley of Tears of tears. Now for us as Christians, and I I need to keep bringing it back to what it means for us because we're not going on a physical journey, we're journeying to Christ. Brothers and sisters, when you find yourself in the valleys of life, the place of peace is with Christ. When you know that Christ is with you, And when you know that Christ, by his Holy Spirit, is in you, there you will find a place of refuge. There you will find a place of peace. Isn't that wonderful? That wonderful to know. For so many, the Valley of Tears is the pathway to the place of peace. The Apostle Paul also spoke about the importance of setting our minds on things above. When all kinds of difficult circumstances are happening around us, it's very easy to allow our minds, our thoughts, to be overwhelmed and consumed by everything that's happening around us, to allow our mind and our thoughts to be consumed with the external experience. But the scriptures encourage us to fix our minds, to fix our thoughts, to set our gaze on Christ. And that's where we will know and experience his peace, his wisdom, and his leading. Our thoughts really matter because they determine how how we're going to experience the dwelling peace of Christ. If we allow our outer circumstances to determine what's going on, we'll feel so down and discouraged. But if we can learn to set our minds on things above, 
then even though our heart is anxious, our mind can be set at peace. Even though our soul might be aching, we can in fact be internally dwelling in a refuge of peace. Even though our emotions might be racing, if our mind is fixed, if our mind is set on Christ, is set on things above, we can still experience and know the goodness of God. God is truly with us. This is the wonderful news of Christmas, is it not? That God is with us. God is with us through all of life's ups and downs. And that's why Christmas every year is good news for you and is good news for me. Because every year, every day, our circumstances, our lives are going to look different. Sometimes we'll be on that mountaintop experience with God, but other times it'll be a valley. It'll be a time of battle, a struggle, of desperation. But how wonderful to know that through it all, if we set our mind, we can experience the peace of God who is with us through all of life's circumstances. We notice too in this psalm that the valley is not the place of destination. Of course, for the pilgrims, the temple in Jerusalem was the destination. For us, the destination will ultimately will be to meet Christ face to face and to, to dwell with him eternally in heaven. But now the destination is to commune with Christ. John 15, it is to abide with Christ. This is not something that just kind of automatically happens if we're to truly learn what it is to abide with Christ. We have to set our minds on a journey towards him. It's wonderful to know that the valley is not the destination. The valley is a place we pass through. You might be in a valley at the moment, but you're just passing through. The valley is not your destination. Christ is your destination. You're just passing through. Now, what's really interesting is when these pilgrims know that their strength is in God and their minds are set on God, the way they experience and journey through the valley transforms. The valley experience can, in fact, be a refining and a renewing and a refreshing experience. Look at what the psalmist says. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Now, isn't this fascinating? If it is correct that the interpretation of the valley of Baca means the valley of tears or a valley of weeping, then in a sense, what is happening here, the, the imagery is tears in a sense like water, can become streams of refreshment because of where one is heading. When you think about a place of springs, that is a place of refreshment. Not really what you think of in a valley, 
but a place of refreshment. God can, in fact, use those tears of loneliness, of desperation, of anxiety, of struggle, of fear. And if we turn them to him, and if our hearts are set on him, he can use those experiences to refresh us and continue to keep us moving closer and closer toward him. In the valley, oftentimes the way is through, not out. There are times when we find ourselves in these difficult situations and we just want out. (laughs) I'm sure you can relate. I'm sure you can think of times when maybe you've had to go through um, a difficult surgery or maybe you've had to have a difficult conversation with someone or you've had an ongoing, long, challenging relationship with someone or whatever the situation might be. And, I, and, and we can easily think, I just want out. I just want to get out of here. God, would you take me out? But we see that oftentimes God doesn't take us out, but he takes us through. And he takes us through purposefully. Psalm 23, 4 is a beautiful um, word here. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the psalmist is a realist. In the case of Psalm 23, David acknowledges, he understands, he knows that through life there are going to be dark valleys, even the very darkest valley, death itself. But for those whose strength is in God, we know that he is by our side and he will meet us with what is needed and required. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Beautiful. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rain also cover it with pools. It's a lovely reframing of the valley experience. If our heart and our strength is found in Christ and in Lord, and we're journeying towards him, that what can often be a difficult place of battle of loneliness and desperation can in fact become a place of refreshment as our relationship and intimacy with God continues to go deeper and as we journey closer and closer to him. It's beautiful. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. What a beautiful psalm. What a lovely picture of God being with us. And finally, as they go on this journey with their strength found in the Lord, with their minds set on him, set on pilgrimage, they go from strength to strength. The Lord is with me when I'm in the darkness. He is my light. When I'm feeling pain and sorrow, he is our joy. They go from strength to strength. What a wonderful psalm. What a beautiful encouragement for us that for those whose strength is found in the Lord, we will go from strength to strength through the valleys. Psalm 139, 7 to 10. Where can I go 
from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. God never promised that there wouldn't be valleys in life, but he has said that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to pause and thank you for this wonderful psalm, Psalm 84. Lord, that speaks of the delight and wonder of being in your presence. And Father, especially as we go through the valleys of life and we experience the challenge and the pain and the heartache and the tears, and Lord, we want you to just remove us, to take us out. Help us to be reminded of this psalm and encourage that you take us through And that even in those difficult times, you can turn our tears into springs of refreshment. So, Father, I want to pray today and I want to continue to pray for people who are part of this fellowship, part of this church family, who are in the valley or in a time of wilderness or really experiencing the storms of life. I want to pray, Lord, that they might encounter you in a new and a fresh way that by your Holy Spirit they might find strength beyond themselves, a strength to help them walk and journey through to that place of peace. Lord, as this special time of year as we celebrate and remember you sending your son Jesus to earth to become a man, to dwell among us, may we yet again encounter the wonderful truth in all of its richness of what it means, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.